I love it. You know, um, Chiefs and the Ravens, looking forward to that. Um, let's move on to the second game here that we have right now. And this was an excellent game as well. It was an excellent um, divisional round. Uh, are we more impressed with the 49ers' comeback win or more disappointed in the Packers' loss? And um, Zach, the mic is yours to kick us off. Yeah, this is a really interesting question. To me, it's a little bit of both. I, I, I have some thoughts on this game. It was an absolute roller coaster. We're usually talking about the Bills being the roller coaster, but that's what this game was. I thought the 49ers got very fortunate. And early on in this game, in the first half, I thought we had all the recipes for an upset. Jordan Love was just making high, high level throws, just like he did against Dallas. And I actually thought Kyle Shanahan really fumbled at the end of the first half badly. San Francisco only ran five plays with just under two minutes left, had a few timeouts. And Brock Purdy, in that rain, he looked pretty shook. Like, the weather was affecting him. He was literally, you guys see, he was wiping his hand on his uh, pants mid-play, like, while he had the ball in his hands. And Debo Samuel got hurt. The Packers get this long kick return by Nixon, and then he fumbles it, and there are all these 49ers all around him, and somehow the Packers recover it. And I thought we'd be talking about that as one of the best fumble recoveries we've ever seen. Everything was pointing towards the Packers' upset. I really don't know how the 49ers won this game, considering I thought Green Bay really dominated for the first 50 to 55 minutes. And the game really shifted on that uh, missed 41-yard field goal by Anders Carlson. That Tom Rinaldi report that said that every time Anders Carlson goes out there to kick field goals, Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach, is praying that it goes well. That uh, reminds me of Cody Parkey and the Chicago Bears in the double doink because he was missing all these kicks leading into that game as well, and it cost the Bears just like it did the Packers. I wanted to give some credit to Brock Purdy, though. I thought he clutched up late in that game when it mattered most, and he was able to deliver the victory for Sam Fran. A lot of times you will see teams that go on these long playoff runs point to a game where – they really didn't deserve to win. They were kind of fortunate, but got a break here, got a bounce there, and they take advantage. And for that reason, I'm very curious to see how San Francisco comes out next week against Detroit. They did dodge a bullet here, but is it going to carry over? On the other hand, though, I do wonder, too, like, okay, was this their one bad game and they just come out and roll next week and dominate just like the team they've been all regular season? But Man, I just thought the 49ers were really, really fortunate to win that game. With that being said, though, you got to be impressed with Purdy making the comeback late. Got to be impressed with Christian McCaffrey. It was just one of those nights where he wasn't going to let the 49ers lose. And it's a disappointing loss for the Packers, no doubt. It's just going to depend on Ken Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur get them back there. He had a phenomenal first season starting. Uh, this is the youngest team in the NFL. They, they had a statement playoff win in Dallas. I'm not going to call their season and their playoff run a failure by any means. They just have to get back there or else I think this could be a game where we look back at and say, man, just what a missed opportunity. Um, Zay, I'll let you go. Um, I'm more disappointed in the Packers loss, uh, but I'm actually disappointed in the 49ers in general. Um, I think Jordan Love actually looked fairly decent despite those two interceptions he threw. Um, he, he looked good. Um, Aaron Jones ran for 108 yards, six yards to carry. Um, this 49ers defense has not looked like this stifling, scary defense that it was made to be. The defense that everyone has made it to be for years. This 49ers defense looked extremely weak against the youngest team in the NFL. Um, I thought besides that cross-body, middle-of-the-field throw that Jordan Love threw 
man, I thought they was going to win this game. Um, that's exactly what it looked like. And I think if it wasn't for his mental errors on the field, they would have won this game. I don't, I don't think it was impressive at all how the 49ers won that game. I don't think at all. It was, it was nothing to, to cheer about. And I hope Shanahan didn't praise them in that locker room after that win because they looked horrible on their home field. It didn't look good, um, in my opinion. I just think that the Green Bay Packers, they have a lot of mental issues they have to get through. Um, it sucked the way they lost between the kicker missing a field goal, between Jordan Love miscues at the end of the game where it looked like the 49ers were giving him every check down he wanted. Take the check downs if you want to go ahead. And you could march up the field on check downs if need be. And that's what it seemed like the 49ers were willing to do. But he wanted to gun into the middle of the field. He wanted to make a big play. And um, we said, I think announcers talk about it all the time about the 49ers defense. We see with D'Amico Ryans. We see with Robert Sala. They play to take away the big plays. They don't care about the checkdowns. You could throw checkdowns all game. They don't mind it. You could throw the, the, the five-yard pass that extends to 10, 15 yards. They, they, they're willing to let that go. And I think Jordan Love should have recognized that early on. I think it was ridiculous what was happening on, on in that game that the 49ers were allowing. And then he decides to think that he's – I don't I don't even know who to think call. I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes would throw a middle-of-the-field crossbody like that. So even that was like – I'm just so like, still stunned talking about it. But I'm more disappointed in the Packers' loss. They were impressive. Um, that first game against the um Dallas, the 49ers, it looked like they were about to cause another upset against the 49ers. And unfortunately, you know, when your ego's too hot, too big, you think you're making plays bigger than that. And I, that's what we saw Jordan Love do. He thought he was the number one quarterback in NFL history, making a throw that you only see in Madden. And it, he thought he was trying to, far. He tried to do some crazy. Yeah. Brett Favre, we saw the same guy throw a pick. Like, it's it, it just, yeah, these, the guys just yep. think, these guys just think they're way too big for the moment. And we saw that in that moment, and it just sucked. But, yeah, disappointed in the Packers' loss. But the 49ers as well, I'm so disappointed in their performance. And I hope they don't think they're going to play the Lions like that next week. Because if they're going to play like that next week, they're in trouble. Yeah. From a fandom perspective, I am disappointed in the Packers because I wanted them to win. But that's just, you know, um, interest there from, you know, behind the scenes. I just wanted the Packers to win. I like the story better than the 49ers. Now. As far as the question is concerned, I'm actually more impressed with the 49ers, right? And I think Zach was leaning more towards the, I'm actually going to, you know, I'm going to go on that side more so um, than both of y'all because um, there's one little nuance. You know, Zay, you talked about how you was disappointed in, in the Packers, excuse me, in the 49ers, and I get all that. But I'm going to tell you why I was impressed, right? And matter of fact, it's not even that I'm more impressed in the 49ers. I'm more impressed with Brock Purdy. That's my answer. Okay, because when I look at this game, number one, it's not about the fancy stat of Kyle Shanahan is 0 and 30, but it's not about that stat. It's about within the game and what I saw and what I took away from the game. Kyle Shanahan almost blew this game. He did everything in the book to literally blow this game and somehow Brock Purdy, you know, withstood it all. Like, for example, when you look at this game, this game was kind of like the same simulation of a game they lost early in the season against the Browns where it was raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring, and, and Debo goes down. And yeah, it's the same script, okay, against the Browns. Debo went down. It was raining, it's pouring. Bob Purdy can't grip the football, okay? um, In this game, the same script. Debo goes down, it's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. And um, we get to the game, and number one, okay, 
He's struggling. He, he had some bad throws, and I get that. But then at the end of the game, he has a 12-play, 69-yard drive with one minute left to go in the game. He did something that Jordan Love didn't do. He got a seat on the field, got the lead, and was able to win the game. But then you look at the drive prior to going to halftime where the thing was the 49ers was up 7-6. They had an opportunity to put more points on the board before the half. I believe they got the ball with like uh, four minutes left to go in the game. With timeouts. And every clock, every play clock, they milked it all the way down. What are you doing? Put up some points. And that's Kyle Shanahan, his conservativeness. Then he realized that, yo, we could actually get points here. Okay? Then they run up the clock. And then they made a longer field goal, which could have been a shorter field goal, longer. And they get it blocked. That's points off the board. And then on top of that, you got the MVP, one of the MVPs of the league. Like, as far as in consideration to win. And CMC, and he only got 11 carries through three quarters. What are you doing? It's not like they were stopping him during the game. 11 carries through three quarters for one of the best players in football. Your quarterback is struggling to throw the daggone rock. Can you hand the ball off to CMC to give him some help? He's a young quarterback. Bob Purdy at that. So I felt that Kyle Shanahan did everything in the book to put his quarterback at a disadvantage with his conservative play calling, not getting points when he should have. When he could have, you know, with um, not giving the best player on the team, the ball and CMC, when you got guys like Debo not in the game. And we all know that Brock Purdy is an in-script guy. He is. He plays within the script. That's why when you look and you see Jawan Jennings getting a handoff, that's a Debo play. That was for Debo. They had packages for Debo. Debo got hurt, so they went to Jawan Jennings with the same package. Everything was in script. But I was impressed by Brock Purdy because I was saying to myself, I don't know about y'all. This guy don't belong here on this field. Jordan Love was out here superior, making the throws from outside the numbers. You could tell the talent. I'm like, yeah, he don't belong here. And then we get to the fourth quarter, and he, he sharpens up like Tom Brady. 12 plays, 69-yard drive for a touchdown. I'm like, well, he showed me something. I came away with a takeaway that I didn't know. This guy's legitimate. And that's why I'm more impressed with Brock Purdy other than anything else here on this um bottom ticker. You know, real quick, um, it's interesting, Shanahan, right? He didn't – he play, and we said this for years. It's not like this is the first time we're going to say it. This is said it for years. He plays conservative in the playoffs. He doesn't play to win the game in the playoffs. And it, it, this has to be the dialogue. This When people are are reviewing coaches to take over jobs, are you conservative coach or are you, are you going to coach to win the game? Are you going to take us to the, to the finish line? Because Super Bowl champions, guys who win it all, don't – play conservative they don't play for the check downs they don't play three downs guys worse than mike tomlin boy that's another thing we'll quickly say that's another thing i'm glad zay um excuse me zach brought that up we saw sean mcveigh go home with that conservative approach we saw right. what that did to the rims and why they had no shot to win that game and why they went home that could have happened to the 49ers but Brock Purdy came through i'm impressed it doesn't make sense how do you keep playing conservative? It doesn't make sense at all. And on top of that, you decide not to run the football against a team that struggled against the run the entire season. Why? How, 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 like, and what, and what terms are you scouting this team? You're watching film and you're saying, yeah, we're going to throw the ball 40 times. What? Like, what are you, what are you thinking? 
and I think it's an ego thing. I think for, for sure. I think the 49ers thought they were superior to the Packers. I felt like they were going against a, a, a team, like we said, youngest team in the NFL. They're naive. They're not ready for the moment. We're gonna we're gonna scare them with our brute with our brutality, with our with our physique. We're gonna destroy them in terms of we're the most feared team in the NFC. No, they went toe-to-toe with y'all at your crib. And you think the Lions are gonna go in there with that same mentality? Like, oh, they're the 49ers. We're nervous. Oh, the Super Bowl's on the line. We're going to play. No, Dan Campbell's hungry. He is hungry. He's going out there playing four on um, fourth downs with my quarterback. We're going there fourth and one, fourth and eight. It don't matter. We're running the, the ball opposite. down your throat. The opposite like, of conservative. Yep. He ain't going to play conservative. So now he's about to be the aggressive versus conservative team. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked if the Lions blow out the 49ers. Do not be shocked if that happens. Because the 49ers' conservative ways is not going to work. It is not going to work here. It don't matter how many stars you got on your team. It don't matter if you got C-Mac. Um, you got all these um, um Samuels, Ayuk, uh, Kittle. It don't matter. We don't care about Fred Warner. We're running it down your throat. We're going to put David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. We're going to run it down your throat 30 times this game. 30 times in the second first half. And let's see what you can do. We're going to put points on the board. You're going to play in third, three downs? That's cute. We're playing four. And, and, and this is what Shanahan has to understand. How many times are you going to play conservative? How many times are you gonna say, yeah, our defense will get it back? Don't worry about it. We're good. We're running the ball. We're running the ball three times in a in, in a drive. It's okay. Like, what are we doing here? It doesn't make any sense how this guy coaches. And we know he has X and O's. We know he's a smart coach. We've seen the, the play calling. It's not bad. It's not terrible. But your aggression has to level up, not turn it down during the playoffs. You cannot be scared to lose in the playoffs. You your only goal is to win the Super Bowl. Your only goal is to win the game. Why in the hell do you turn down do you turn down the music? Why the hell is your volume? Why will you start whispering when you've been yelling all season? Doesn't make any sense. That's that's the biggest disappointment because the mentality of the 49ers shocks me. Uh, how great of a football team they are, but they turn down their aggression when it, the lights are brightest, when all eyes are on them, when it's time for them to really shine and show out. Nobody does. Doesn't make any sense. So I'm in total agreement with you guys on uh, Shanahan. I thought the game plan from him was awful. Literally having Brock Purdy throw the ball like the entire first half when clearly the weather was affecting him. Will mentioned the Cleveland game. Like it was the same thing there. It's clear that he's not uh, a good, bad weather quarterback. And also McCaffrey late in the game, every time he touched the ball, he was doing work like he always does. But I I wanted to bring one thing up too about the Brock Purdy conversation. And I'm so – exhausted from this right it's funny to me that early in this game when Brock Purdy made some pretty legitimate mistakes that he should have been criticized for a lot of the conversation was oh he's Mr. Irrelevant right like the fact that he's even here to begin with is amazing but then you look when he does things well it's like oh uh, you know all the playmakers he has around him and I'm not gonna lie to you guys like yes I think he deserves a lot of credit uh I I agree with a lot of what Lil said for clutching up late in that game and winning but if the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl, like, what do we think the chances are percentage-wise that he is or isn't back next season? Because I still feel like as gr- as great as he played on that last drive, he has to get it done for this team with the weapons around him. And when you look at possible replacements, right, like Kirk Cousins fits perfectly with this team. And even though Kirk Cousins has made a lot of money throughout his career, if I was him – I would be willing to take a little bit less to go to a team like this where you could legitimately win because that's the one knock on Kirk Cousins, right? Oh, 
he puts up all these numbers, but he's not able to get it done in the clutch in the playoffs. And I just feel like, yeah, that was a nice moment from Purdy. It probably shouldn't have gotten to that point to begin with, but like, what are the chances if the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl that Brock Purdy is or isn't back next year? I mean, look, it's probably, you know, in between, you know, who knows? They had an opportunity when Jimmy Garoppolo missed a couple of throws in the Super Bowl to get Tom Brady when he was going to become a free agent. And they didn't want him. They signed Jimmy G and then they got off Jimmy G. Then they asked for Tom Brady in the offseason when he already retired. No, you're too late to the damn party, fool. So um, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't really answer that question properly because I don't know what a mindset is. Because you called for Tom Brady in the offseason, but you could have called for him when he was an actual free agent looking to play football. And you didn't when you saw your quarterback flat out lose you to daggone Super Bowl. So I really don't know what they're going to do, to be honest with you. I think Kirk Cousins is logical. That, you think there's at least a chance, though, right, that he might not be back? I mean, it depends because if they get to the Super Bowl, then, you know, what, what are the likelihoods we see quarterbacks that make a Super Bowl get kicked to the curve? It's not likely, you know? So, yeah, we got to see what happens next week. Now, if he next week, like Zay, you know, just boldly, you know, kind of like gave an alternative prediction – if they get one out the daggone field, then, yeah, I think there's a likelihood we might not see him back in a 49ers uniform as far as starting, you know? But if we get to the Super Bowl, chances are they're probably going to bring him back. And that's the thing. Um, There's always going to be a cap. But I, I do want to mention, I want to talk about the Packers here because I didn't get to talk about the Packers at all. You know, I am disappointed. I think there's a level of disappointment you need to have in this team. But you do have to realize that at one point they were 2-5. and five. At one point, you know, we was questioning Jordan Love. You know, I was the only one that had the guts to come on the air and say, you know what? This guy's the hardest quarterback for me to rank in my quarterback rankings because he may be actually elite. I was the only one that had the guts. When everybody called him a bust and everybody saying this and that, trade him, I was the brave fool to come on this mic and say, you know what? Wait, hold up. Stop it. What are you doing? Simmer down. Okay? He was getting jumped, and I came like, no, no, no. What are you doing? Okay? Hold up. Don't jump the guy. And clearly I was right. This guy got a tight spiral. You know, he was throwing outside the numbers. I think he was better throwing outside the numbers compared to inside the numbers, if you ask me. And the 49ers, they bought a lot of blitz. You know, without blitzing, like, they was able, they front four was able to get to Love, but Love was able to negate that with his arm talent, with his mobility. And that's the things that you want to build around in the quarterback. You know, guys that can kind of create outside the structure a little bit, buy me time to make the throws on the field, allow my receivers to reroute. And I think he did a good job of doing that. Now. The reason why nobody brought this up, but the reason why there is an argument to go to Pakistan and be very disappointed in them is for two reasons. Number one, we kind of had the same type of, I'm going to say simulation because it was very different. Back in 2010, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, right? And everybody said, and everybody thought I was there. I lived it. I remember, yo, this is one of many. This is going to be one Super Bowl of many. He's probably going to win two or three more championships, at least two more. And guess what? We know the Packers play off history. It kind of reminds me of the Buffalo Bills when you really think about it. If there's any two teams that have had the worst, I'm not talking about getting blown out the field. I'm just talking about the, the worst heartbreaking playoff losses of the decade. It's by far the Packers and the Buffalo Bills. When you look at the Packers, since 2010, the last 13 seasons consist of uh eight and ten overall playoff record, 0 and four in conference title games, 0 and two in overtime games in the playoffs, 
four losses in games the Packers led in the fourth quarter in these playoff games. And to be more specific, we're talking about a botch outside kick where they was up 16 to 0. We're talking about a game against Tyron Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they had mad opportunities to win that game. They didn't, right? They have terrible losses. So we could look at this team and be like, well, they're young. They're the youngest football team in the National Football League. They overexceeded expectations, which is fair. They did. They wasn't supposed to be here. But we don't know if they're going to get back there because we thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to get back there. I'm talking about the Super Bowl, and he didn't. So um, there is a level of disappointment that you should have being a Packers fan right now, although there is a level of, okay, we got a quarterback of the future. You know, it's crazy because I think as a pack, if you're a Packers fan, you should be optimistic. You should be optimistic about what the future holds for Jordan Love because the difference between a talented quarterback and a great quarterback is decision-making. And I think Jordan Love displayed that he has the guts, he has the glory, he has the talent to throw spirals. He can make tight window throws. I mean, that last like play, bro, that last play of the game, that was not no decision-making from it God, was, bro. He broke the Cardinal really, sin. The Ten Commandments. It was like he was not good in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, it was it was he wasn't a good fourth, it wasn't a good fourth quarter um drive um quarter for him performance wise. But we saw the talent there, but the, the decision making is where he, he you that's where you veer off between great and talented. You could be a talented quarterback, but if your decision making is terrible, you'll only ever be a talented quarterback. You will never reach the potential of great. A great quarterback, the Peyton Mannings, Drew Brees, Tom Brady's of the world, decision making. They know they know where the receivers are. They know what they could get away with. They know what they can't get away with. They have the difference in that in that mold. I think Jordan Love he could get there. He could get there, but it don't matter. We don't know. We don't know. But it's his first, me, year as a starter. first year as a starter, he play, he almost he outplayed Brock Purdy at his house in San Fran. Almost won the game. You know he's gonna he's gonna take this win, take this loss, and hopefully he comes back next year. With a different mindset, he doesn't have to play hero ball. You could he could have threw check downs the entire drive and won the game, but that's like I said, decision making. No one, I bet you, Matt Lafleur didn't say, "Yeah, throw the ball middle of the field, cross body." Like no, like nobody. And on top of that, he could there was so many different options he had. He chose to be a hero, and <laughs> you live along. He look, you live long enough to be uh, the. What is it to say? You live long enough to see yourself a, a villain, or you die as a hero. He clearly is a villain right now, but you know. Down the line, he's gonna be better. But decision making, I think you have to be optimistic. No one thought they'll be in the game with San Fran. Nobody thought they'll be in the game with Dallas. But you, you saw the you saw the elevation he had in the playoffs. Like unfortunately, we saw the end result. Just wanted to go back to what Will said about you know all the close playoff losses this Packers team has had. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a good point. Like, you just I we've all watched sports long enough to know that just because you're close there's no guarantee that you make it back again. I think about the 2011 Oklahoma city thunder that lost to the heat in the finals when they had KD and Russell Westbrook and James Harden all on one team. Imagine saying to a thunder fan after they lost that series that you would never be back in the next uh, 14 years. Zay, I hate to bring this up, but think about the 2006 New York Mets with Jose Reyes and Carlos Beltran and David Wright and, Carlos Delgado, like that team was loaded and they were one hit away from making it to the World Series. Carlos Beltran strikes out looking in the bottom of the ninth and we know the rest. Like there are no guarantees in sports, especially with this Packer team. Like it is, I, I, I never thought that like they've, this would be the worst playoff loss they've ever suffered. And I understand like they were a huge underdog. They probably should have never been in this game. But from a pure heartbreak perspective, I could see comparing this game to the 2014 NFC championship game against Seattle that will mentioned on that onside kick or, um, you know, the NFC championship game against Tampa Bay, or how about 
when they went 15 and one and were the number one seed in the NFC and they lost to the Giants. Like this franchise has just had so many brutal playoff losses. And I think this was right up there with the best of them. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, just in closing for me, like, um, you know, when you look at it, I think Jordan Love can ball. Like I said, I was the only one really that was out here vouching for this guy. You know, he showed a lot this year, and I think they could build upon that. They are young. You know, that is the difference between that package team I'm referencing that, you know, 2010, we're going to go and, and do more. Like, nah, like, they have a nice receiving core. Yeah, it's not guys, you know, um, with names, you know, but you got Jalen Reed, Christian Watson, 6'4", could, you know, out-jump you. You know, um, you got Romeo Dobbs, you know, you got a, a nice foundation of receivers here. You know, Aaron Jones has shown to be, you know, almost like a Kawhi Leonard type of guy in the sense that you low manage him. You don't, you barely play him in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, he's giving you 150 yards plus a rushing, you know, every single game against the Cowboys. In this game, he had a, a good game as well in the first half. So um, you have a foundation there. You have the coach. You have everything that you need to really get back here. But my point is what I'm trying to say is that, when you have these opportunities to win games like this, you're supposed to win them because there's no guarantee that you're going to get back here because it's the NFL. And when you look at the NFC North in its totality, when you look it around, you see the bids, you know, are they going to have Caleb Williams? Are they going to have a much improved Justin Fields next year? When you see the Vikings with Jefferson and um the other guy, um, what's the Ricky name um, from USC? Jordan, Jordan Addison. You know, TJ Hawkinson, you know, uh, if they get a quarterback, they could be right there as well. You know, the Lions, hello, they about to go to the Super Bowl one game away. You know, it's a lot of competition in the NFL. So you got to win these games when you can. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We're, we, you've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question. 